This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washington talking Nebraska basketball. And Robin, um... It was kind of a unofficial holiday in your world of basketball recruiting this week. Um, a lot of official offers went out. Um, and locally, Isaac Trout from Grand Island, um, a rising 2022, um, picked up some offers. So he's only going into his junior season. Um, but you're seeing his name really, really rise quickly here, um, despite the fact no one's been able to really see him play AAU basketball this year. Yeah, not at all. And a lot of it's just based on uh, what he did during his high school season, which was a very productive season. I mean, he's a six foot eight kid that uh, shot, you know, in the upper 30s, I think 37, 38% from three point range, uh, you know, last season at, at Grand Island. And uh, more importantly, there were a lot of cases where he was running the point. So, you know, a kid that size basically running the offense uh, in Nebraska high school basketball. You don't see that very often. So that kind of immediately made him jump out a little bit. But, uh, you know, honestly, it's funny because uh, Rivals was actually at the forefront of uh, introducing Isaac Trout to uh, the rest of the country when they did a, um, you know, under the radar spotlight on him and kind of just talked about his game. Well, when the 2022 rankings were updated uh, you know, a few weeks ago, Isaac made his debut at 118 overall nationally. So a significant jump from uh, almost a, an obscure player on the national stage to being a you know top 120 player uh, who already has now multiple high major offers. Um, you know Kansas State's offered, Nebraska's offered, Creighton's offered. Uh, he's getting in, uh, interest from you know, Missouri, Stanford, uh, and multiple other you know high major schools, Oklahoma State. And so I think when all is said and done, he's just scratched the surface on his potential and where his recruiting profile could go down the stretch and now the good news is that um you know while the summer and spring aau opportunities were limited he's going to have a lot of eyeballs on him this season you know whenever they are able to return to basketball uh and i think that more and more schools are going to figure out who he is so that that offer list is going to get a lot longer before all is said and done which makes nebraska pulling the trigger on an offer now uh so important and what's your sense i mean you look at this kid do you know much about him i mean what was he a husker kid growing up um, I mean, you would think most kids from central Nebraska are Nebraska guys. We know Creighton's getting involved. Um, what's your read on that? Is he a guy that's going to want to stay at one of the two in-state schools, or do you think he's going to really gonna test the waters here as he's getting some big offers? There is an appeal there for him to stay in-state. And, yes, he did grow up a Husker fan. Maybe not so much Nebraska basketball, but definitely Nebraska football. And, uh, you know, I asked him that, you know, does an offer from Nebraska mean more being an in-state kid than, you know, maybe some of the other ones that you have. And he said, yeah, it definitely does. He said, everybody that I hang out with, all my family members, they've always been Husker fans. And me getting a Nebraska offer, uh, that really means a lot more, not only to to me, but to my family and to my community. So, um, you know, I think that 
helps in a big point. And um, also, I think that he's really interested in uh, Fred Hoiberg's system and playing for a guy with Fred Hoiberg's track record. And obviously with his skill set being long and being able to, to handle the basketball and shoot from the perimeter, uh, that is the ideal combo for what Fred is looking for. So it makes sense in a lot of different ways, uh, but certainly that in-state connection is going to give Nebraska an edge over any other school, maybe outside of Creighton. Yeah, that will be uh, something interesting um, because, yeah, when you think of Omaha kids, it's a tough battle for Nebraska to, to get an Omaha kid head-to-head from Creighton um, if Creighton's involved. There could also uh, – you wonder, Robin, could the Dana Altman-Oregon factor, could they look at this guy? We know Dana Altman comes back to Nebraska a lot. He's been seen in the coach's office here in Lincoln with Doc and Hoiberg. Could somebody like the Ducks and Dana Altman with strong Nebraska ties – um, is that a guy you could see getting involved with this kid too? Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, again, he's a national recruit. Uh, when you're in the 150, suddenly people are going to take notice. So, yeah, I mean, I think Oregon would be uh, dumb not to do its due diligence and uh, you know, with those connections Dana has here to, to check it out. But, uh, you know, they're not going to be the only ones. Uh, you know, I think this is a kid that, like I said, is just getting started with his recruitment, and he's going to have many schools to choose from, many high major offers to choose from when all's said and done. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Robin, what other trends did you notice just not only from Nebraska, but the local angle as far as 22s and, and, and other guys picking up more steam. Well, with the 2022 class for Nebraska, they have, as it stands right now, they will have eight open scholarships for the 2022 class, which is insane because with 21, they have currently one open scholarship. So, uh, there's that, some work to do. That's going to be a pretty major process. Uh, revamping that so yeah I mean they the offers you know they weren't just geared towards one or two positions they were across the board you saw centers you saw point guards you saw wings and so um, you know there's going to be like I said a a lot of needs with that 22 class which makes Monday that that kind of first official kickstart to the 2022 recruiting process so important that is when you establish the kind of the the legitimate foundation for these relationships that uh, are going to carry you over the next two recruiting cycles to where these kids are about to sign. So, um, you know, they, they dished out a lot of offers. They made a ton of phone calls, you know, in Husker online, I got a list of, you know, like 20 or so kids, most of which in the rivals 150 that, you know, Nebraska's in pursuit of. So uh, it's kind of, this is the, the first step towards narrowing down kind of their their key targets for 22 and there's going to be a lot of them uh, especially uh, depending on any other further roster attrition that happens over the next two years do you think they're kind of doubling down that the one-time transfer rule will be in effect and yes they're going to be in such a great position with those spots right yes so uh they're not all going to be uh, off this list of 22 recruits i mean there's going to be a lot of transfers there will always be a lot of transfers with the way fred hoiberg and matt abnomasi recruit it's just the way it is especially so when that one-time transfer rule is put into place. I mean, that opens up an entirely new market of players that, uh, you know, normally you would have to sacrifice a scholarship for two years at minimum to get them to play. Now they can come in just like a grad transfer. And so, uh, I mean, that changes the whole landscape of recruiting and Nebraska, you know, with their history with transfers, I'm sure will be as, uh, you know, interested as any program in the country uh, in capitalizing on that new transfer rule. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Robin, and the schedule release this week as well for the non-conference. We still don't know the opponent for Nebraska as far as the ACC Challenge goes, but we do know it's going to be a home game. Yes. Um, that will be three years in a row on the road, but 
Um, and we don't know, obviously, who they'll line up against in the Myrtle Beach. Um, we have we, we know who their first game will be against, right, in Myrtle Beach? Even? No, they don't have the bracket out yet. So no bracket. They're going to kind of they – they kind of seed that to get the best-looking championship. Is that how they do those? Right. So it's not going to be a first-round game between two high majors. They're going to space that out to hopefully, uh, you know, that, that – semifinal championship game have you know your, your bigger names play each other but the good news is about that myrtle beach uh tournament is it the field is so much better than the one that they had at the cayman islands classic last year where uh based off the previous season's rpi new mexico state was your best team and based off uh just school names washington state was the only other and Nebraska played them in the first round, yeah, right? So it was it was a worthless tournament in a lot of ways. Who beat Nebraska in the second game in that? Uh, George Mason. Okay. So uh, anyway, the the field in Myrtle Beach has Missouri, Pittsburgh, Dayton, Utah State, and then filled out by Loyola, Chicago, Charlotte, and Penn. So those four schools: Dayton, uh, Missouri, Pittsburgh, Utah State. That will give Nebraska a pretty good opportunity to at least play one of those so you're at least going to get uh, a power five school in you know missouri pittsburgh or one of the best mid-major opponents and uh, rpi schools in dayton and utah state so uh i'm very curious to see kind of what the draw is and what the path nebraska could get out of that and so you pair that with you know we'll see what happens with the acc challenge i'm not holding my breath it's going to be any of the big dogs you're probably looking at like a Virginia Tech or North Carolina State or something like that. Uh, Just so, give us Notre Dame or someone I know, cool. I know. So, uh, I mean, if, did Nebraska play them in an Orange Bowl? If yes. Yeah, Nebraska actually, will, Bob Devaney's final game yeah. <laughs> was against so, Notre Dame so in I an Orange Bowl. I guess Notre Dame is in that pool. My point is that those are the only matchups that Nebraska basketball gets is if they're it's football the Orange team. Bowl classic. Yes, exactly. So, uh, you paired – okay, so uh, with all that said – this is a step in the right direction of making it a more difficult schedule, certainly than what they had a year ago. Last year was about as weak of a non-con slate as you could possibly draw up. Now Nebraska's got a little bit more juice to it. Now it's not a great schedule. It's not like a Tim Miles schedule where they had Kansas and they get you UCLA. fired. Schedule. Yeah, they get you. <laughs> so they, they don't have that. But uh, you know, you you have the Myrtle Beach, you have the ACC game, you have uh, the neutral site. K State. That, that's Kansas the game State. that excites me the yeah. most. And then obviously, you know, your two uh, Big Ten games in, in early December, they're going to be very are much better tested going into the uh, meat of the Big Ten schedule than they were last year certainly and i think a lot of that has to do with them feeling more comfortable with the roster that they have in place certainly than they did a year ago all right when we come back we're going to take questions in the mailbag you're listening here to the husker online show